in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Afternoon, right now it is 106. On this, uh, I just heard the forecast very warm Friday afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. We just check, you just heard the um, latest weather. And, and uh, hey, listen, I, I think, um, as much as listen, it is hot, and this is definitely a heat wave that we're, we're dealing with. Uh, tomorrow looks fantastic as well. Right now, it depends on where you are. Um, it's going to approach, some people going to feel high 90s today, but this is what summertime is all about, and it's uh, delightful weather. This portion of the program is brought by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Stop in and see them. A great meal is waiting for you either in the lounge or you can uh, sit outside on the deck where they have the outdoor air conditioning. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. All right, I want to bring to you, uh, folks, the big story, and again, I think it's important, and that is just the fact uh, that the police have finally released details regarding the Cumberland um, double suicide murder. So I'm going to talk about that coming up in just a little bit, but the best thing, we the, we, we still even have more details of than, than what's on, um, what's being released by the media, why it was taking so long. But at the same time, I want to bring it up to speed. As you heard in the um, one o'clock news regarding the situation with President Biden, and they're releasing a letter saying his symptoms have improved. He is being treated, as a matter of fact, um, for COVID, uh, obviously. And um, but I, I do want to, you know, it's still significant. When the president of the United States comes down with COVID, and um, and he he was struggling before this, I don't know where they they go from here. I just don't know where they can go. Every time you think the Biden administration can't fall any farther, they they find a way. And um, the this is just. Um, I, I mean, to me, this is kind of like the, the icing on the cake. You know what else I, I want to just play, though, is there was a good piece on Good Morning America on backyard pools is still the leading cause of death, children one through four. And there were some country stars that their son drowned. I want you to just to hear this report. Much less talk about it, but the Smith family is talking about losing their son river um, and they're advocating for layers of pool safety they're hoping by doing this they will keep this from happening to another family and another child country music singer granger smith and his wife lost their son river during a drowning in a tragic pool accident during the summer of 2019 what's your favorite color um, within an instant i remember it was quiet and i looked and I just thought, where's River? Because it's so fast. It's so fast and it's so silent and, and it's not like the movies. You don't, they don't look like they're drowning. You know, why did we not know that we had the number one killer of children in our backyard from ages one to four of accidental death? The number one killer was in our own backyard and we didn't know it. So when the couple yeah. gave birth to their son, Maverick, late last year, they turned to a technique known as infant swimming resources, 
self-rescue technique, which teaches babies as young as six months old to survive in a pool by floating on their back, finding air, and even crying to alert someone they need help. The Grangers sharing this video of eight-month-old Maverick taking ISR lessons. But the reaction online mixed, some calling it mean, others calling it life-changing. One size doesn't fit all for kids, but there is some data that shows that starting swim lessons between ages one and four can have a protected effect against drowning. At this time, there is no data to support any benefit of ISR. The Smiths stand by their decision to use the technique, and they're hoping their loss can help other families in the future. Of course he's uncomfortable in that water, but he's also uncomfortable putting him in a car seat and buckling him up. Mm -hmm. But we don't listen to him crying and say, I guess we won't buckle him because he's uncomfortable right now. The key layer that we're missing is teaching our children survival skills. It's like you can have all those other layers, but if, if they break through those other layers of barriers, can they survive in the water? Can they find the air? And that's what River needed, was to be able to roll over and float and find the air and make a sound for us to hear him. And he didn't have those skills. ISR's mission is to make sure that this doesn't happen to other children, that they prevent drowning. Some more traditional ways of pool safety is to make sure you put a fence around your pool, maybe have an alarm or some sort of lock on that pool fence. Also, take toys like this out of the pool whenever you're in it or not in it so that it doesn't attract kids. And also, don't rely on floaties and puddle jumpers because while they're meant for recreational purposes, they are not meant as swim aids. George? A lot of good advice, Amaria. You know, that remains the number one it's so terrible, but the number one uh, killer of, in fact, um, young children like that is backyard pools and drowning. I also don't know how to play. There's this bizarre story, folks. New York gubernatorial candidate was attacked at a campaign like event. He was almost stabbed at a campaign almost event stabbed. in New York yesterday. Now, Zeldin says he is okay and that he was able to fend off the attacker by grabbing his wrists until others tackled that suspect to the ground. We're told this assailant apparently climbed onto a stage where Zeldin was speaking and then tried to stab the GOP gubernatorial candidate. Video circulating online shows the two falling to the ground during a tense struggle as others tried to intervene. Zeldin, a Republican congressman, and oh, is currently challenging Democrat Kathy Hochul in New York's governor's race. Zeldin, meanwhile, says he suffered just a little scrape. He even continued his campaign speech after this. So, but people are just losing it. So bizarre. All right, here's the latest on President Biden and COVID. Being with us. So, uh, how did the president Dr. do overnight? How is he doing this morning? Hey, good morning. Thanks for having Having me back. Um, you know, I checked in with his team late last night. Uh, he was doing fine throughout the evening. Have not had a chance to check in with with uh, folks this morning. I'm going to have a conversation with uh, him directly myself this morning. Uh, but I can report that as of last night, he was feeling fine. Same symptoms, still quite mild. Uh, and he worked all day yesterday, worked through the evening. Uh, you know, and uh, he, uh, as of about 10 p.m. last night, was doing just well. All right, Dr. Shaw. And I know you've told everyone and reiterated that the president is vaccinated. He's double boosted. But he is 79 years old. Are there extra concerns given his age? Yeah, you know, look, he is about uh, as well protected for this virus as possible. He's had uh, double boosted, which means his immune system is uh, well trained to handle this virus. He's on an antiviral, uh, Paxlovid, which is highly effective. By the way, just be clear, these are all things available to all Americans at this moment because of the work of this president, of this administration. And so it's really, really important to remember uh, that vaccines and therapies are widely available. Obviously, they were available for the president. Uh, he's 
getting them because that's clinically appropriate. Uh, and we're hoping that he's going to have a, you know, a, a mild course throughout this. And Dr. Shah, can you explain just the Paxlovid decision? If his symptoms are mild, why then put him on Paxlovid? What's the uh, explanation medically? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. Actually, I think it's the right thing to do for anybody who's at elevated risk as defined by the CDC FDA, which basically is anyone over the age of 50, anybody under 50 who's got chronic diseases. I actually think a broad swath of Americans who are getting infected should be getting Paxlovid. Uh, the president, of course, no exception. Uh, so I don't think there's some mildness of the symptoms that should matter. Uh, I've been actually out here talking about the importance of people getting Paxlovid. Uh, I think the president obviously qualified and I'm pleased to see that his, his personal physician made that choice. And it's certainly been reported that some people are hesitant to take Paxlovid, even if they fit those requirements or, or they're 50 plus, because of this Paxlovid rebound that we know Dr. Fauci actually just recently experienced. Yeah, I have two things about rebound, and it's gotten a lot of attention. I think the key points on the rebound, pretty infrequent. We think the best clinical data out there says maybe about 5 8% of people end up getting a rebound. So 90 95% of people don't. Second is remember the goal of Paxlovid. Paxlovid was created to keep people from getting seriously ill, to keep people from getting into the hospital. And what we know is that even folks who have rebound do not end up getting into the hospital, do not end up having serious illness. It reduces risk of serious illness by 90%, and that's why I think it's very important for people to take it. Uh, and that's why I was very pleased to see his personal physician, the president's personal physician, recommend it. Well, Dr. Shaw, we always appreciate All right, so folks, that is the latest. We're going to monitor everything with... Um We're going to monitor everything with COVID. Now, last night, let's say the January 6th, that was... Uh, I watched a lot of this. I watched a lot of this. Here it is, uh, how GMA covered it this morning. Scott starts us off from Capitol Hill. Good morning, Rachel. George, good morning. This was gripping new testimony, never before seen video. The January 6th Select Committee describing a White House in chaos as the Capitol came under attack. Lawmakers insisting for 187 minutes, former President Donald Trump not only failed to act, but he chose not to. This morning, the never-before-seen video of Donald Trump, 24 hours after his supporters stormed the Capitol. The outtakes obtained by the January 6th committee show a president who struggled to say the election was over and condemn the rioters. To those who broke the law, you will pay. You do not represent our movement. You do not represent our country. And if you broke the law, you can't say that. I'm not gonna, you, I already said you will pay, but this election is now over. Congress has certified the results. I don't want to say the election's over. I just want to say that Congress has certified the results without saying the election's over, okay? Sources say it took an hour for Trump to record a nearly three-minute long video. His daughter, Ivanka, heard from behind the camera. My only goal was to ensure the integrity of the vote. My only goal was to ensure the integrity of the vote. The committee zeroing in on the 187 minutes between Trump's speech urging his supporters to march to the Capitol. We're going to walk down to the Capitol. And this video finally telling them to go home. So go home. We love you. 
You're very special. Accusing the former president of a dereliction of duty, saying Trump knew within 15 minutes of leaving the stage that the Capitol was under attack, uh. but instead sat in his dining room and watched the violence unfold on television. If the president had wanted to make a statement um, and address the American people, he could have been on camera almost instantly. His former White House counsel, Pat Cipollone, says he pleaded with him to intervene. I think that was pretty clear there needed to be an immediate and forceful response statement, public statement that people need to leave the Capitol now. But advisors say Trump resisted, not even making a single call to military or law enforcement officials. I can't think of anybody, you know, on that day who didn't want people to get out of the, the Capitol once the, you know, particularly once the violence started. No. I mean, What about the president? Yeah. <laughs> she said the staff. So I answered. No, I said in the White House. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. I thought you said it. Who else well, on the staff? Um, I, I, I can't reveal communications, but obviously I think, you know, Folks, it's Pat Cipollone. Yeah. Lawmakers say at the time awesome. the violence was getting out of hand, Trump sent out a tweet criticizing his own vice president for lacking courage. Two Trump officials resigned immediately. It was him pouring gasoline on the fire and making it much worse. That was the moment that I decided uh, that I was going to resign, that that would be my last day at the White House. Rioters chanted to hang the vice president. For the first time, the committee revealed distressing radio transmission from the Secret Service protecting Mike Pence. If we lose uh, any more time, we may, have, we may lose the ability to, to leave. They are on the second floor moving in now. We may want to consider getting out and leaving now. One anonymous White House security official testified agents called to say goodbye to family members. The committee also highlighting the actions of Republicans. A call from leader Kevin McCarthy to Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner. Uh, he told me he was getting really ugly over at the Capitol and said, please, you know, anything you can do to help, I would appreciate it. And I got the sense that, you know, they were, they were, you know, they were scared. And this photo of Senator Josh Hawley spotted raising his fist. A Capitol Police officer told the committee that gesture riled up the crowd. Later, Hawley was seen fleeing for his safety as the mob broke in. In these newly released images, congressional leaders huddled together. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell on the phone with defense officials. We need you to get the bill and clear it. Give us the okay so we can go back in session and finish up the people's business as soon as possible. Hours after the violence, Congress certified the election for President Joe Biden, and Trump walked back to the residence with one final comment. As he was gathering his things in the dining room to leave, President Trump reflected on the day's events with a White House employee. President Trump said nothing to the employee about the attack. He said only, quote, Mike Pence let me down. Wow. Former President Donald well, Trump released did. a statement attacking Sarah Matthews, one of the witnesses. As for what comes next for the January 6th Select Committee, will they announce there will be more hearings in September? Lawmakers say they have more work to do, George. All right, so folks, that is from uh, from last night. Again, I, I um, 
good afternoon, everybody. At 121 on this uh, very warm, very warm uh, Friday. It is July 22nd. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Um, listen, it, it, it was. It was a rowdy protest that got out of control a little bit. Right? That, that's what happened. Period. End of story. So I know they want to make it more than that, but that's, in a nutshell, kind of what happened. All right, so it got a little rowdy. It did. Yep, it absolutely did. And, and some of the people should have been more um, respectful. They should have been more respectful of the Capitol Police. They didn't deserve that. As many of you know, I am a uh, back the blue supporter. Needed to be uh, treated with with more respect and needed to understand that they were just there. You know, they were just there doing their job. They were there doing what they were supposed to be doing. So, and I, I think I think President Trump recognizes. That if he could do it all over again, all right. So maybe everybody got got a little wound up, right? Got a little wound up. Maybe everyone need to chill it out a little bit. But let's, you know, the problem that that I think that the Democrat Party and the people last night that they just refused to address is what we all witnessed. The summer of 2020, as I've said, you you can't have it both ways. You can't say that summer 2020, it was okay for BLM and Antifa to be destroying American cities and burning and looting. And then say, but we got to come down really hard with some people that, now, first of all, I, I saw a lot where they were allowing people into the Capitol. So I think that there's definitely a double standard. But for certain members of the Democrat Party and even the media, what they don't seem to fully understand is why, why a lot of Republicans are not totally losing their mind over the whole thing, right? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. So... Um, if, if there was uh, some kind of, if that was across the board, then that would be different. So there's also a part of me, I, I just, I can't stop laughing about, you know, especially early on, they, they wanted, um, President Trump to, to jump into action. I mean, early on, there there'd been much worse things done much worse things done at um, during the protests that took place in both Washington and all over the country. So, you know, it's it's like you can't if, if you're going to come down on one, then you need to come down on all of them. And 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 as we know, they've never come down on what was going on during uh, in destroying the country in those protests. Now, I also want to get to. Um, the naked fat test coach, Coach Thomas, who how now has been charged. Very good piece. Uh, Eli Sherman, Tim White, 
very, very good job on Channel 12. They deserve a lot of credit. They broke the story. They've been leading on the story. The whole shy, not shy. And now this actually has resulted in a federal investigation. This is the Channel 12 piece on that story. Aaron Thomas, the former high school boys basketball coach accused of getting underage students to strip naked with him alone behind closed doors is now criminally charged. Yep. The development comes after Target 12 first reported that Thomas was accused by dozens of student athletes of subjecting them to so-called naked fat tests behind closed doors in his high school office. Target 12 investigator Tim White joins us now in studio. Tim, these charges came down just a short time ago. Kate, they did. The Attorney General's office filed the charges late this morning at Washington County Superior Court. Thomas is facing one count of second-degree child molestation and one count of second-degree sexual assault. The Attorney General's office has been investigating Thomas since we first broke our story back in the fall. Prosecutors say they interviewed more than 30 former students who went to the high school from the early 1990s through 2020. The charges stem from one student who was there between 2000 and 2002 and another student between 2019 and 2020. If Thomas is convicted of second-degree sexual assault, he faces a mandatory minimum sentence of six years in prison and a maximum of 30 years in prison. Now, we have reached out to Thomas's defense attorney but have not heard back yet. Thomas is scheduled to be arraigned, Kate, on August 19th down at Washington County Superior Court. But Tim, you're talking about how this is focused on two students, but as we know, several others came forward during the investigation. So any indication as to why there aren't more charges? You know, Kate, it's, it's an important question. Question and less than an hour from now, I will be sitting down with Attorney General Peter Narona and I will ask just that. But I, I will say it's important to note that the statute of limitations on second degree sexual assault is just, it's narrow. It's mm -hmm. just three years. Narona tried to change that law. So I, I think it's likely that some of the accusations fell outside the time frame by the law, and so the AG could not file those charges. Okay, well, Tim, we'll have the very latest on that breaking news for us on 12 News starting at 4. Target. You know, I don't understand why they don't have a more updated version of that, and we certainly haven't heard the Nerona thing unless that's for for this weekend. So I'm not sure what to uh, make of that, and especially Channel 12 was then the, um, were then following Channel 12 was following the coach earlier and got some footage of him. And I haven't seen, they, they posted on social media, but they haven't posted more than that. But the, the Thomas story is, it's just, uh, I don't know where that's going to go. Um, I'm not sure where that is going to lead other than the thing was just bizarre, and, and we had attorney, our, our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd, on yesterday, and it it sure sounds as if that, that that this could just turn into, you know, a courtroom, and the coach is saying, no, I didn't, and then, you know, the, the victim is saying, yes, you did. I mean, I, I don't know where that, exactly where that is going to go. It seems like it may come down to that. You know, you also don't know, there's a federal investigation. We don't know if, in fact, um, there's going to be even more people to come forward. Because there they could be even more people out there. 
that potentially were impacted by this. Now, I also want to play the, um, let's see, NBC10 also did the story on Coach Thomas, the naked fat test. Let's hear that. Slowly, but after a months-long investigation, yeah. a hammer drops on a local basketball coach accused of sex crimes now in North Kingstown oh. in the infamous naked fat test yeah. scandal, leaving a once-revered coach to defend himself for what he had been doing for years. He's already denying any wrongdoing again. I'm Gene Valicente. And I'm Barbara Morrison for Patrice tonight. We are learning more about the charges and Aaron Thomas's response. NBC10's Molly Levine has those details. Hey, Molly. Arvin Jean, the charges come after Bar. lengthy joint investigations with the North Let's Kingstown the, Police Department and interviews with over 30 former students. Aaron Thomas now faces one count of second-degree child molestation and one count of second-degree sexual assault. There were a lot of allegations here, um, and we really needed to take the time to sort through them. After several interviews, Attorney General Peter Narona says the former boys basketball coach is accused of having sexual contact with two victims while he was a teacher and basketball coach at North Kingstown High School. I really admire um, the willingness of particularly young people um, to come forward. One of my clients described the process as a snowball rolling down the hill. Prosecutors say the first case involves a person under 14 years old, oh. alleging it happened between the years 2000 and 2002. Nerona says count two alleges Thomas had sexual contact with a second victim by force or coercion or while engaging in the medical treatment of the victim for the purpose of sexual arousal, gratification, or stimulation. This allegedly happening between 2019 and 2020. Attorney for the victims, Tim Conlin, commends the AG's office for their diligence and patience. The conduct is charged goes back as far as in 2000, and so we're talking about decades of conduct in that school system. Aaron Thomas denies any criminal activity. His attorney says, quote, the sole purpose of the testing program was to better the athletic performance of North Kingstown High School student-athletes. Hundreds of student-athletes participated in this program over the course of many years and greatly benefited from it. Oh. Mr. Thomas looks forward to his day in court and the opportunity to clear his name, unquote. These are allegations, and again, it's a case that we're going to have to prove in court, and we're going to make every effort to do that. I asked if school leaders who allegedly knew about the fat test but failed to come forward could be charged. The answer to that is this. That the investigation uh, with respect to Ongoing. the institutional, meaning the school's uh, response to what was alleged here, is, is not over. Uh, I'd also point out that the United States Attorney's Office yep. is looking specifically in, you know, into how the school uh, department... FBI. Think of that. And Aaron Thomas's arraignment is scheduled for August 19th. I'm live in studio. Molly Levine, NBC 10 News. All right, now let's see how... Some of the local stations are covering folks. And again, good afternoon at 1.32 on this very warm Friday. We're in the middle of a heat wave. Let's hear how they're covering what is now uh, the police have made official, the murder-suicide in Cumberland. So you can read. By the way, we do have more details on what happened on the website to petro.com. Because there's the the answer of really why it took so long is is there as well. So um, I want to commend the Cumberland Police very thorough. This was a tough investigation as far as the nature of having to go through this. Um, let me just see how Channel 12 handles this. There's a piece of this that they're leaving out that, again, the answer is, uh, all right, this is the Channel 12 version of it. 
and 12 News Now update on WPRI.com. I'm Anita Buffoni. We just received new information regarding an investigation of the death of two Cumberland adults found in their home on Birchwood Drive last month. Investigators say that a Cumberland woman was the victim of a domestic homicide last month. The Cumberland police chief said on Friday that 42-year-old Courtney Heward was shot and killed by her 51-year-old husband, Eric Heward, and then he took his own life. Oh. We do know that the children of the couple were home at the time that this tragedy took place. The shooting happened on June 22nd, again on Birchwood Drive in Cumberland, a very quaint area in that town. We have more information on this story on WPRI.com. Again, you can um, read petro.com and I give the answer of why the investigation took as long as it did. There was a reason for it. Um, and it was the nature of, by the way, somebody also sent to me that I don't know whoever posted the Cumberland patch story, but the Cumberland patch story, I believe has a misprint typo, whatever you want to call it, but they should correct it. Someone uh, posted for me, folks, good afternoon at one You're listening to the John DePietro show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Someone sent me the Cumberland patch posted a story saying, according to police, Eric Heward shot and killed himself before fatally shooting his wife. Well, that, that's impossible. Um, I don't know what went wrong there. But if there's anyone listening connected to the Cumberland patch, they may want to take a relook at that. And I say that as, you know, mistakes can happen. There can be typos, what have you. But might want to relook at that. Because uh, that's obviously impossible, what they're saying. Um, so, again, I don't know. Maybe someone was in a hurry trying to come up with that and get that done. Um, but I want to get to, um, how about the, the, the commuter train over the Mystic River yesterday? That was terrible. Caught fire. Boy, the T is just one mistake after another. All right, let's go to... Um, I thought the hearing last night, let's hear, this is Haley Jackson breaking down the J6 hearing last night. Deliberate choice by former President Trump to do nothing. They say this was part of a... Oh, hold on. Sorry, folks. Here we go. ...plan to buy time for this plot to keep him in power by overturning the legitimate election results. And the committee laid out that case through the voices of Republicans... Donald Trump's own staff, his own advisors, his own family members in the finale for now for this set of hearings that at times got emotional, at times intense. Overnight, the January 6th committee releasing never-before-seen footage of Donald Trump the day after outtakes of his taped address to the nation. Lawmakers arguing what Mr. Trump refused to say says it all. This election is now over. Congress has certified the results. I don't want to say the election's over. I just want to say that Congress has certified the results without saying the election's over, okay? The footage shared by the January 6th committee, one of the most dramatic moments of last night's primetime hearing. My only goal was to ensure the integrity of the vote. Committee members also painting a damaging picture of what they describe as Mr. Trump's dereliction of duty during the Capitol attack, revealing he watched coverage of the violence unfold for hours from a dining room near the Oval Office. President Trump did not fail to act during the 187 minutes between leaving the ellipse and telling the mob to go home. He chose 
not to act. At the same time, over at the Capitol, agents guarding Vice President Mike Pence frantically searched for a path to safety. So if we're going to leave, we need to go in the house. As that anonymous White House official shared, the agents feared for their lives. Some of them even saying goodbye to family members. The committee also focusing on Republicans' responses the day of the hearing, including Senator Josh Hawley, showing him before the Capitol attack, raising his fist to the crowd from behind a secure barrier, and later running in the Capitol as rioters attacked. The video playing to laughter in the room. But the committee focusing primarily on Mr. Trump, also laying out how aides say the former president never made a single call to law enforcement or the military for help. One former press aide testifying then-President Trump had given a green light to the violence. He should have been telling these people to go home and to leave and to condemn the violence that we were seeing. Mr. Trump overnight accusing that witness, Sarah Matthews, of, in his words, clearly lying during her testimony. Republican Vice Chair Liz Cheney ending the night with a powerful question for all Americans. Can a president who is willing to make the choices Donald Trump made during the violence of January 6th ever be trusted with any position of authority in our great nation again. In a series of about a dozen responses on his social media platform, Truth Social, the former president, among other things, called Congresswoman Cheney a, in his words, sanctimonious loser. He repeated his lies <laughs> about election fraud and said the USA is, in his words, going to hell. Oh he's clearly goodness. engaging with the hearings. He's watching to some wow. degree more of them. Savannah and Craig on the way come September. Yeah, and in fact, originally, this was supposed to be the conclusion it was of the supposed hearings. To be, yeah. yeah, but we heard some of the lawmakers say last night they've gotten more evidence as the hearings have gone on, more witnesses coming forward. So what's the plan now? Yeah, specifically that the dam has begun to break, right? That's how Liz Cheney framed it, the vice chair of this committee. So we don't know what we're going to see. That's kind of an open question because the committee was really deliberate in the way that they crafted this sort of narrative arc over the course of these eight hearings, seven plus the surprise. We're not sure what that's going to look like. In September, we do know that they're getting more witnesses. They're issuing more subpoenas. They've got a lot more information coming in. Um, and so... They've ended other hearings with cliffhangers. This is a big cliffhanger, too. All right. How? It is um, amazing. They, they don't want it to go away. They want it to lead right into the election. Now, Dr. Jar Brown University was on uh, the Today Show talking about President Biden and COVID. Let's hear this a little bit. President, either last night or early this morning, can you tell us how he's feeling, what his symptoms are? Has he developed any further symptoms? Yeah, um, so as of late last night, he was feeling fine. I think his exact words were, uh, and I I talked to his team who uh, had a conversation with him around 10 p.m. last night. His words were, I'm feeling just fine. Uh, He had a pretty, uh, you know, kind of busy day, actually. I was going to say he had a restful day, but that's actually not even true. He was in meetings most of the day, uh, making phone calls most of the day, had a, had a pretty, uh, I think, relaxed evening, and I uh, have not gotten an update this morning yet, and I plan to speak to him later this morning, but as of about 10 p.m. last night, he was doing well. And any reports of fever during this the course of no sickness? No fevers, no change in symptoms. Again, the sort of dry cough, uh, the runny nose, those are his two main things that he was feeling yesterday. You know, at 79 years old, he's obviously in a high-risk category. We worry with COVID about the lungs. How will he be monitored there at the White House? to make sure the illness doesn't progress and become more severe. 
He's a, as you might imagine, you know, he has a personal physician who uh, is checking him, checking in on him regularly, getting regular vital signs, uh, as as one would get uh, with with anybody. And so that's the main thing. And he's uh, his personal physician is also consulting with uh, infectious disease experts uh, around the country. Uh, all part of the plan of what we were uh, always planning on doing if the president got infected. Uh, and so he he gets very regular check-ins. And of course, he's uh, meeting with people all day uh, by phone and by Zoom, and so uh, there's lots of eyes on him and making sure that he's doing great, which he is. Uh, we've mentioned that he has been given Paxlovid, which is an antiviral therapy, a pill that you take. He has to stop his other medications that he normally takes while he's taking Paxlovid. One of them treats atrial fibrillation. So during this time period Whoa. when he's off that medicine, do you worry about any increased risk of stroke? Yeah, it's a very good question, Savannah. We do this a lot in, in the hospital. We have people who come in for procedures, uh, people who come in for surgeries where we stop these medicines for short periods of time. Uh, there really is not a, a meaningful increase in, in, in stroke risk uh, during a short period of, of, of time. Obviously, uh, he continues to be monitored, but this is something that is very common practice in clinical medicine of stopping, uh, uh, stopping um, these medicines like this uh, for, for short periods of time. How concerned are you about long COVID for a president uh, it, it, who, who gets COVID, for anyone who gets COVID, but in these conditions? Yeah, so obviously long COVID is something that is always on people's minds. But the bottom line, what we know about long COVID uh, is if you think about, you know, the proportion of people who end up having significant long-term symptoms, it's very small and cut substantially if you've been vaccinated and boosted, which this president has. Uh, so obviously he's going to be monitored by his physician and uh, we're all expecting and hoping for a swift and full recovery but but uh, he will be monitored closely uh, over the next few days to make sure that he's heading in the right direction. As we've seen over the course of this pandemic uh, there was the original COVID and there have been variants some seem to be more severe than others we know that this latest one BA5 is the most contagious that we've seen. Do you assume that the president uh, has been infected with the BA5 Omicron subvariant and where does that fit on the spectrum of severity. Yeah, two good questions. So first of all, uh, BA5 is the most dominant variant. About 70, 80% of infections in America uh, are from BA5. So uh, that's possible. But instead of speculating, we're actually getting uh, that virus that he's been infected with sequenced. We'll have a more definitive uh, answer to that uh, in the you know in the upcoming days as soon as that sequencing is done. And, you know, in terms of what we know about BA5, Savannah, we know is extremely contagious, uh, immune evasive. If you've been previously infected, you have a high risk of getting reinfected. If you uh, if you haven't had a vaccine in a while, you're, you have a high risk of getting a breakthrough. Um, what, that's why we have recommended that everybody uh, get up to speed on vaccines. If you're over 50, haven't gotten a shot this year, uh, you got to go out and get one. It's the best way to make sure that you don't end up having serious illness. All right, Dr. John, good to have that. Well, it looks like, listen, folks, at uh, 144, the president's obviously in, uh, in good hands, without question. And... Um, Closer to home, um, boom, boom, boom. Rhode Island Secretary of State's office says the certification of signatures to qualify for the ballot will be done by 4 o'clock this afternoon. So at 4 o'clock this afternoon, we will know who's going to be on the ballot and who's not making it on the ballot. So there's that. 
All right. I want to uh, right now. Good afternoon, folks. It's 145. It's a very warm Friday. And you're listening to the John DePietro show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, visit the website to Petro.com. I think uh, a lot of last night, does it damage the Republican brand? I don't think so. Does it impact the midterm elections? I don't think so. I don't think people are watching it. I don't think they care about it. Um, where, where I think it, it could hurt is if President Trump wants to run for re-election. I think it would hurt him in a Republican primary. I think it would hurt him in a Republican primary um, for, for 2024. Meaning if he has, you know, and he's going to have some other people running against him. I think it could hurt him there. He's always going to have his base. The question is, is if he can once again build out from that base. If he can build out from it. If, if he can't, it's going to be a pretty limited, a limited run. So if he, if he can, then he's, he's going to, um, in, 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 in 2016, President Trump was able to get Democrats and get independents to vote for him. That's how he won. If he can't get the, that, that group, he's not going to have success. He's not going to have success. All right, I want to go to, um, let's call. Well, I don't know if we're going to reach her, but it's a warm day. Let me just check current temperatures. Um, here we go. All right. Now, depends on where you are. Right now, with most people, it feels like, well, let's, let's find out exactly what, what, it, um, what it feels like. Uh, in Medica, it feels it's 92 degrees. Warsaw is 87 degrees. All right, let's go to um, right now in Woonsocket. It is 91 degrees. In Woonsocket, feels like 93. And let me just check the temperature in Boston. I'm going to say it's three degrees warmer. Nope, Boston's 91. Feels like 91. All right, less, less humidity there. Let's see if we can uh, locate our friend Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Folks, remember, with Marie at It's My Health, she also has that very unique, interesting formula that can um, keep you hydrated during this very hot weather. So you need sometimes you need something a little extra, especially for those that work out. Folks, joining us right now on this very hot but beautiful Friday is the Queen of Health. It's our friend Marie. Good afternoon, Marie. Good afternoon, John. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. You know, Marie, I was just saying, as much as people say they're staying hydrated, especially for those that are working out or outside, sometimes you need a little something extra to keep yourself hydrated. Yeah, water isn't enough. No. You start losing all of your electrolytes, you can be in big trouble. So replacing those electrolytes is a good idea. And you have, uh, tell us again, people have been asking me about that product that you have that's new that can help hydrate people. 
Yeah, so its base is coconut water. So coconut water is has lots of minerals in it, so it's really good for hydration. And then they flavor it up with, you know, pineapple, blueberries, watermelon, uh, raspberries, a number of, with three different combined flavors. And folks, again, it's Marie, 1099, Mender Road of Cumberland. It's my health. Now, Marie, what about uh, on, a, on a hot day like today? What are some nice teas that you might recommend for people? There's some nice blends, very, you know, fruity kinds of blends that can be really nice to brew up and then to, to chill. And then people come in and, and make their own combinations. That a gentleman in the other day who was combining hibiscus with lemongrass and peppermint. What a nice combination um, to to chill and to, to have on ice while you're just kind of sitting around trying to stay cool. Now, Marie, a lot of people, they're finding they're getting some aches and pains with the heat. I have a feeling some hemp and CBD products might be able to help them. Yeah, especially if you're overdoing it out in the yard or playing sports or whatever um you get some pain the the cbd topical can be really helpful um for people who have chronic conditions or trouble sleeping trouble with anxiety we do have it in the oral the drops that you can take we have it in gummies so i mean we have it in soft gels as well to take but can really help with relief now, folks, I was speaking with Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Marie, you may have heard President Biden has come down with COVID. And once again, it is so, uh, right now, so contagious, this strain. But this type of incident, when the President of the United States comes down with COVID, it puts such a focus once again on health. What do you want to recommend for people that maybe they could come in and get something that could help them if they're feeling a little under the weather? Obviously, anyone with COVID should stay home and and, uh, quarantine, but I'm saying that maybe a family member could pick it up for them. Oh, for sure. So we have a product from a company called Herbs Etc., which is called Respiratonics, which is great for people who get that cough. They get that, that, you know, can't breathe or the, the chest pain. That product has worked really well. We have a product called Cubeco, which is a, com- a com- combination product for the immune system. So it's great for prevention as well as if someone is sick because it does contain the vitamin D, the zinc, the quercetin, the vitamin C. It's got selenium in it. It's got some colostrum, some beta-glucans. And, it's, and one of the nice things about it is it melts in your mouth, so you don't even have to swallow it. So Oops. that's a great product. Folks, it is. The Queen of Health, Marie, what are your hours on this delightful Friday for today and for tomorrow? Be here till 5.30 today and then tomorrow from 9 to 4. Folks, she is the Queen of Health. It's Marie at It's My Health. Marie, I want you to relax, enjoy yourself this weekend, and say hello to my friend, the luckiest man in the Northeast, and you just keep up doing the great work you're doing. For sure. And you keep up the work you're doing. It's really beneficial, really helpful to people. Thank you. Thank you, Marie. Folks, there it is, Marie. It's my health. Now, right now, if you're on Menden Road, you could pop in and see her. Marie, it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, diagonally across from Davidport Restaurant. Folks, at 152, good afternoon. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can also listen online at our website, petro.com. I want to um, and just point out, because I know that I always get email 
from individuals that question, why am I, um, why, why am I playing sound in talking about the January 6th hearings? If, if you just heard the report, President Trump's watching them. President Trump is on his own platform. I'm not on Truth Social because to me it's just like an echo chamber. Um, when I was watching it last night, I, I missed the days when President Trump was on Twitter, when we had easy access to him. But I, I miss that. But he's watching it. Like, the, you have to, and, and I'll tell you, Josh Hawley, Missouri Democrats are no going after him because they're going to hold a Holland Hawley 5K. He went flying on it. Why was he running? First, he was given a fist pump to the crowd. And then he ends up running from the crowd. I still come back to when they were hustling Pence out, they should have stood their ground. <laughs> Josh Hawley ran a 7-2 in the 40 at the January 6th Combine. I mean, they are just going off on him. I come back to, you know, people knock laughingstock. Missouri newspaper blasts fleeing coward Josh Hawley. In a blistering editorial. That is something he's going to have to deal with. Josh Hawley's a laughingstock, declared the first line of an editorial in uh, the Missouri Senator's local, the Kansas City Star. Pulled no punches. A fleeing coward, shameless senator, showed him running for safety during the pro-Trump attack on the Capitol, which he famously encouraged with a fist pump. The editorial board of the Star argued the clip will surely follow him the rest of his life. Gleefully pointed out that the hearing room broke into laughter as soon as it played before the committee. Took aim at his signature issue, masculinity. How? I want to play, this is um, when they played it last night. This is they're showing all the people fleeing and evacuating. But the Hawley thing, they showed it and there were people laughing last night. I come back to what did the uh, president of Ukraine, what did the leader of Ukraine say? He said, I, I don't I don't need a ride. I need ammo. I have said, you know, Pence, Mike Pence should have. I, I'm going to go and I'm going to tell the crowd. Now people are putting chariots of fire underneath Josh Hawley running. But why was he? I don't understand why any of them said we're going to go and we're going to stop the crowd right now. Listen to the reaction to the video of him running. This was last night. They show Hawley with the fist pump, then they show him running out. I mean, that is just pathetic. Why? <laughs> Running Josh Hawley is a meme for the ages. Laughter in the hearing room. Video of Senator Josh Hawley. He was going to run for president. Why didn't he, even after running for his life, he chose to fundraise off encouraging the fist pumping the violent mob? Because there is pictures of him um, fist pumping the crowd. That, that part is true. Let me see if he has anything. 
I mean it. Mike Pence, and they should have gone and said, yeah, he does actually show me strong on a coffee mug. mug. I don't get that part. I don't get why he didn't stand up. Now, again, I know the head of the TSA admits that the Biden has let 1,000 illegals use arrest warrants as ID to get on planes. Think about that as you wait in line. And I know he's been speaking out. He was on Tucker Carlson last night um, talking about that. But could be another mug coming. Um, that That is, there's, there's just no, you know, there's no excuse for that. There's not. I think that would have been, yes. Uh, back the days when we had President Trump on, uh, on Twitter. Thousands are heading to Newport by bike today. Well, it's the Folk Fest. It's that type of crowd. All right, so Peter Nerona was the guest on Newsmakers. All right, we'll wait. He shot and killed her. Their funerals are held to kill it. Uh, well, that was... For the children. That was done for the children. Um, so now you have a Boston Globe. Uh, writer commenting about the Cumberland murder. He shot and killed her. Then their funerals were held together. Horrible. Well. Again. I was told that that was because that's all the children could handle. That they couldn't handle two separate services. And and by the way, that also led credence to why people thought there was going to be an arrest in the case. So I want to see, is the Boston Globe, they making a big deal that the funeral was held together? I want to see that if they are doing that. Um, did not witness... One called police. They discovered the parents were dead. Marital issues. No police reports. The gun was legally owned, purchased by Eric some time ago. First homicide in Cumberland in seven years. Um, boom, boom, boom. Uh, married 17 years. The three children held in the same day and time. Well, it was for the benefit of the children. So, folks... Again, um, it's John DePietro. I want you to stay cool on this Friday. Thank you to the great Jeff Gamach. Folks, another week. I will be doing Facebook Live later. I want you to stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news, this portion of the program. But the Lodge Pub and Eatery, Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln.